Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, Breaking news has happened approximately, uh, what would you say, 30 minutes ago or so? A judge in uh, Louisiana has ruled that, uh, that this effort by the Biden administration to take out Title 42... Uh, violated the Administrative Procedures Act and violated what he called the quasi-sovereignty of the states. Now, this is very, very important, uh, ladies and gentlemen, very, very important decision. The Attorney General of Arizona, you know, Mark Bronovich, who I've endorsed for the Senate, he was one of the attorneys general to bring this case, as a matter of fact. The Attorney General of Missouri was another, and there were others. And they called this an invasion. And they said, look, we have some sovereignty rights here, and the federal government can't just blow them off any time the president or the CDC has a decision they're going to make. And the federal judge agreed that there is a state interest, not just a federal interest, but a state interest, obviously, and that it would overwhelm law enforcement, the hospital facilities, the medical facilities. It would overwhelm the school areas and districts. And so we issued a temporary restraining order. And um, the Biden administration is going to appeal. Now, according to the DHS, their own numbers, yes, the repeal of Title 42 would result in 18,000 aliens entering the United States each day. A massive increase. Now, you do the numbers. 18,000 each day times 30 days a month. You're talking about over 500,000 aliens coming into the country each month. We've never seen anything like that in the history of this country. 
not even under the prior months under the Biden administration. No country can handle that, including ours. None. And they don't want you to talk about the great replacement theory. And I just keep asking the same question. Well, then what is the purpose of this? Last night on Hannity, I said that they're trying to import Democrats. It might backfire on them, but that's what they're trying to do. So Media Matters, being a racist criminal front organization, in my view, backed by all kinds of dark money and Soros. Of course, they immediately jumped in and said, see, support see, the white supremacist uh, Klansman uh, great replacement theory. So now if you even say they're importing Democrats, you support the replacement theory. Look, it's not a theory. It's the ideology of the Democrat Party. It's the ideology of Latgrit. It's the ideology of Media Matters and the rest of them. That's why they try and turn the tables and trash you. But it is what it is, and I'm not going to be silenced by it. There's no other explanation for what they're doing. This is a racist policy being pushed by a racist administration and a racist party and a racist media. If I'm wrong, they need to explain themselves. We don't need open borders to fill jobs. We don't need open borders to pay taxes. We don't need open borders for any reason. Except the Democrat Party wants open borders, and so do their surrogates. United States of the Democrat Party, that's what I've been calling it. You're looking at it. You're looking at it. Shortages, inflation, impoverishment. Babies going hungry, people going without fuel, on and on and on. The United States of the Democrat Party turns America into a third world nation. I guess you're not allowed to say that either. I think I will anyway. So kudos to this judge who did exactly the right thing. We don't have government by presidential fiat or bureaucratic fiat, whether it's dressed up as a medical health decision or something else. And I want to congratulate the Republicans who voted against in the House the so-called domestic terrorism bill. The language is ambiguous. It throws a wide blanket over the citizenry of the country. And I simply do not trust the Democrat Party and the bureaucracy with this kind of power. No more. We've seen that they abuse it. We see what they've done with the FBI. We see what they've done at the Treasury Department with the IRS. We see what they've done with the Border Patrol and what they've done with ICE. We see what they're doing with U.S. attorneys, prosecutors out of the Justice Department, chasing January 6th paraders and trespassers to try and ruin their lives with criminal prosecutions and plea deals. And we see how few federal judges are willing to step up and reject this. Almost none, as a matter of fact. Maybe one or two. So no, count me as a no. No more power to the central government. Period. Period. We've now moved from 9-11 to a whole bunch of domestic terrorists, you see. Except Black Lives Matter. We'll get back to them. Seems to me that people who promoted Black Lives Matter and encouraged Black Lives Matter owe millions and millions of dollars to those suckers who donated to it. These corporations and these corporatists 
who gave a fortune to Black Lives Matter, seems to me that those boards of directors, those CEOs and other executives should resign. They gave it to a Marxist, racist organization that has never lifted a finger for black people and that enriched itself, its leaders, its family members, to the tune of millions and millions of dollars. And of course, the corrupt media could give a damn. The corrupt media could give a damn. The corrupt corporatists could give a damn. The corrupt mayors could give a damn. None of them. And, of course, the corrupt athletes at the NBA and the NFL and their owners and their commissioners. What a pathetic joke. As well as some broadcasters, I might add. All, all hoped. Hoped. And then had you, many of you, Donate your hard-earned bucks to this organization. I've never seen such a sleazy, fraud-like organization in my life. The amount of money that these people ripped off out of this organization is just unbelievable. Where's the IRS? Where's Meritless Garland? Where are all the U.S. attorneys appointed by Biden? Hmm? Oh, they're busy. They're busy hunting down parents. And trespassers and paraders on Capitol grounds, wow. Or who were waved in by the Capitol Police, wow. Well, they were obstructing anyway, don't you know? That's the federal government's argument. But when we come back, people are saying there was a bombshell delivered in the prosecution of, of attorney Michael Sussman today, the criminal prosecution in Washington. They're calling it a bombshell. Well, if you've been listening to this program for the last several years, all it does is confirm what we knew to be the case. And I'll explain when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Well, in another court matter today, people are saying, oh my, the lawyers were shocked during testimony today by the campaign chairman for the Hillary Clinton campaign, Robbie Mook. M-O-O-K, as reported by the Washington Examiner. 
Hillary Clinton personally signed off on sharing since-debunked Trump-Russia allegations related to Alpha Bank with the media. During the 2016 election, according to our campaign manager, Robbie Mook testified today he was briefed about the Alpha issue first by Clinton campaign general counsel Mark Elias. There's another reprobate. In the summer of 2016, he said the campaign leadership quickly had a meeting about whether to share the information with the media, which they decided to do. Now, they had to know the information was false. Do you know how? They concocted it. Also present in the meeting were campaign chairman John Podesta, longtime SCUS, communications director Jennifer Palmieri, SCUS, policy advisor Jake Sullivan, who is now President Biden's national security advisor, according to MOOC. So they all get together. And they're trying to figure out how to put this false information out in October as an October surprise to ruin the Trump campaign. And Hillary Clinton personally signed off on it. He said that we discussed it and then made that decision, and we did decide to share the claims with the reporter when asked by a prosecutor on special counsel Dorham's team about the highest level of approval for pushing the Alpha Bank claims to the press. Luke replied that John and I were involved. But I discussed it with Hillary as well after the campaign team had discussed it. Mook said that he framed it to Hillary as, hey, you know, we have this and we want to share it with the reporter. Mook added she agreed to it. When pressed by Durham prosecutor Andrew DeFilippis on what else Clinton said, Mook replied that all I remember is that she agreed with the decision to share the Alpha Bank claims with the media. Mook said that she thought we made the right decision. Now, ladies and gentlemen, since the Hillary campaign put this information out, since a Hillary campaign senior lawyer is being prosecuted and was a partner with Mark Elias, the campaign man, the excuse me, the general counsel, I believe, of the Hillary campaign. How the hell wouldn't Hillary Clinton know about this? Now, this is what I told you years ago. And why is it just news out of the courtroom now? They've had a grand jury, don't you think? You got Elias there. You got Sussman there. You got the campaign manager there. Why didn't they ask Hillary Clinton under oath in front of a federal grand jury what her role was and what she knew? But we have a special guest who's just called in, and we want to take take this, and we'll, re- we'll uh, circle back to this. The Attorney General of uh, Arizona, Mark Brnovich, who uh, really led the charge on this litigation on Title 42, and his lawyers argued it in court. That is the lawyers for Attorney General Bernovich. Well, what do you say about your victory today, sir? Well, great one. Thank you for having me on. You're my actual first call I made after we won this, because as you know, this is a huge decision for the rule of law and a major setback for the Biden administration. As you know, they've been systematically trying to dismantle our southern border. And so we've been doing everything we can to stop it. So this is a great, great result. We've got a nationwide uh, injunction now issued so they cannot withdraw title 42 at this time now of course they're appealing it as fast as they can but it really exposes what they're up to doesn't it absolutely as you know mark at one time we thought they wanted to abolish ice what they doing or is systematically abolishing our southern border they've ceded controls the cartel so whether it's stopping to build the wall whether it's the remain in mexico policy whether it's failure to deport criminals. The case I argued at the U.S. Supreme Court two months ago about the public charge rule, they want to give welfare benefits to non-citizens, and now this. So what this has happened, 
Joe Biden or whoever's speaking his earpiece is systematically trying to dismantle our southern border and bring on their neo-Marxist vision. The stuff that you've talked about, that you've written about, we are seeing right now unfold for our very eyes. And that's why I am doing everything I can to stop it. You know, um, you really have done a fantastic job as attorney general, and we're having to rely on the attorneys general throughout the country to take on this administration and so forth. You have really been at the point of the spear in so many of these cases. As you say, you even went to the Supreme Court from Arizona and argued a case. That's not so easy. And you're, you're at the forefront of so many of these cases. I just wonder, are you getting the kind of media attention in the state of Arizona or support from the Republican Party in Arizona that you obviously deserve taking on Biden and his policies this way? Well, Mark, it's nice of you to ask. And I know that uh, many of your listeners may or may not know when you poke your finger in the king's eye or you say the emperor has no clothes, they come after you hard. And so almost every single day, at least every single week, you have the papers here in the local media systematically trying to accuse me of being some rogue AG or I'm out of control and all this stuff. And I'm like, when I ran, I never run for office. I ran for AG. I, I'm a big believer. As you know, my family fled communism. I'm a big believer in federalism and limited federal government. And so I said I was going to push back at that time against the Obama administration. And that's what I've been doing since day one is what does the Constitution require? What does the rule of law require? And I'm going to make sure that I'm doing everything to uphold the Constitution. And that shouldn't be. At one time, that wasn't a right versus left issue. We could disagree. Mm-hmm. They would disagree with us on what, the, what it meant. But we all understood that any government that's big enough to give you everything is big enough to take it away. And we are seeing this systematic attempt to consolidate power in D.C. And the local media in Arizona has kind of gone along with it. And I think that's because they're, they're afraid that someone that understands these issues fundamentally and pushes back, um, they don't want me to, for example, get elected to the Senate. And that's why they're doing everything they can to attack me. And neither does the Republican establishment, apparently, and, uh, and others who claim the, uh, the conservative wing of the Republican Party in that state and have done Dan Little to demonstrate it. You have actively demonstrated it. This is why I endorsed you, Mark Burnovich, for the Senate in the Republican primary, because people call me. They tell me what they believe. They tell me. And, and you didn't do that. I'm watching you and watching you and watching you. And you were on the show one day and I endorsed you because... You're an activist, like me. You're mission-oriented, like me. You don't want grass to grow under your feet, like me. (laughs) That's true, brother. It's all about the fight, man. I'm a fighter. You can say what you want, but I'm fighting. If people want to learn more, where do they go, Mark? BurnoForAZ.com, B-R-N-O-F-O-R-A-Z.com, BurnoForAZ.com. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks for what you've done. We appreciate it. Very, very important what he and some of the other AGs have done. God bless them. We'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, Reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today 
at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. By the way, I salute the Archbishop of San Francisco for telling Nancy Pelosi lesson until she repudiates abortion. Uh, She's not to appear for Holy Communion. I mean, either a faith stands for something or it doesn't. And so I want to salute the Archbishop. It is, after all, the Catholic Church, right? And uh, this seems to be a major core tenet. No? I think so. And so, uh, good for the Archbishop, as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's swing back here. By the way, I I want to make it abundantly clear that Mo Brooks who's running for the Republican nomination in Alabama, who I endorsed a long time ago, and I've endorsed for past elections, is the candidate I support for the Senate nomination in the Republican Party of Alabama. I love the state of Alabama. My daughter, for a time, went to the University of Alabama. It's a fantastic state, in fact. And... um, when you look at, uh, we, we are heard in Birmingham and Montgomery and Huntsville and Mobile, Auburn, all throughout the state. And I, I believe the people of Alabama will not be fooled by the millions and millions of dollars being spent, particularly by the Chamber of Commerce's favorite candidate and Mitch McConnell's favorite candidate. She pretends she's a conservative. She's no conservative. She's a rhino. In Alabama, we need a conservative, and Mo Brooks has demonstrated himself to be a conservative. Um, Despite the tiff with President Trump and so forth, I'm just telling you that you're voting for somebody to represent you in the Senate, somebody who's going to be closest to your values and your beliefs. And I believe that's Mo Brooks. Now, the media will try and make this me versus Trump or something like that. It certainly is not. Donald Trump is an enormous pull within the Republican Party. I'm not running for anything. I'm not trying to be a kingmaker. I've known some of these people for a long time. And so I just make up my own mind. Um, and that's how I do it. That's where we are. Of course, the vast majority of candidates President Trump has supported, I agree with. I really do. I don't believe he's supported anyone so far in Alabama, but so the field is open. But regardless of all that, regardless, you don't need the New York Times and the Washington Post up east or any of these other radical left-wing newspapers to tell you what to do in Alabama or how to do it. I've seen Mo Brooks up close and personal, how he conducts himself, what a gutsy guy he is. And they hate his guts in the northeastern media, in the California media. They hate his guts. That should tell you something, Alabama. He's a good man for the country. He'll be a good man for Alabama. And he won't take Mitch McConnell's nonsense sitting down. That's for sure. And Ted Cruz and Mike Lee and some of the other conservatives in the Senate, they need help. 
They need support. So that's very important. All right, let's swing back to Hillary Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, in my view, it's not just Hillary Clinton who knew about this. It's Barack Obama. On day one, I've said Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. All were aware of the biggest smear in American political history. That used the instrumentalities of federal law enforcement. Unbelievable. Used the instrumentalities of federal law enforcement to play the dirtiest of dirty tricks. And of course, Hillary Rotten Clinton would be behind it. But so would Barack Milhouse Benito Obama. Just as when he ran for the Senate and his surrogates went out to California to get a hold of a, a divorce document against his Republican opponent that had been under seal, but they got in front of a liberal Democrat state judge who unsealed it for some unknown reason. Yeah, right. And that was used against his opponent to smear his opponent who wound up dropping out of the race. There's your great Barack Melhouse Benito Obama. And how he got elected to the U.S. Senate. In addition with the help of domestic terrorists. Isn't it funny? They're real domestic terrorists who supported Barack Obama. Who raised money for him. Who were his political mentors. And the Democrats didn't pass any bill back then to deal with domestic terrorists, did they? No. The only people condemning Barack Melhouse Benito Obama were conservatives, Republicans. And how dare you do it? Just like how dare you criticize anything the Democrats want to do. You must be a racist. You must believe in the great replacement theory. You must be a Klansman. You must be a neo-Nazi. These dumb bastards are destroying our country. Destroying it. Hillary Clinton was behind Russia collusion. For which she should be punished. And she should have been brought in front of a federal grand jury to testify under oath. They go after Donald Trump for absolutely nothing. She triggered these congressional investigations. She triggered criminal investigations with the appointment of a special counsel. She triggered two and a half to three years of all of this sleaze being thrown around by her media pals and so forth. She tried to sabotage the election of 2016. Then she tried to sabotage the presidency of Donald Trump with her friends at the FBI, with her friends in the Obama administration, with her buddies Sussman and Elias and the other slip-and-fall ambulance chasers. And this Elias is still on the prowl nationwide and was involved in the 2020 fiasco. And the Republicans will need to call him to account if they take the House, put his ass under oath, and perhaps some people will file complaints against him. Who knows? Certainly not encouraging it. I don't know. Hillary Clinton signed off on sharing the debunked Alpha Bank claims 
with the media. You watch how little attention this gets from the New York Times. They're so busy smearing Ginny Thomas. Again, in the Washington Post, we've now had more front-page stories on Clarence and Ginny Thomas than the Washington Post had on the Holocaust during World War II. Let me repeat it. So jerks like Phil Bump can hear me. And the rest of the clowns over there, like Fred Ryan, the CEO of the Washington Post, who's also the chairman of the Reagan Library. How this jerk pulls that off, I'll never know. The Washington Post that covered up the Holocaust. They've done more stories on Clarence and Ginny Thomas on their front and early pages of that rag than they did on the Holocaust. Isn't that amazing? What priorities do they have? Well, they're obviously racist. They've always hated Clarence Thomas. They hate his wife. And they go after them all the time, day in and day out. Look at this. Ooh, we have a text. This committee is leaking. Due process anybody? No. And she said that they should fight in Arizona, respecting the electors. Uh, so what? Is that a crime? Is that unethical? Why shouldn't they fight? What's the problem? She didn't say burn down the Supreme Court. She didn't say unleash violence against justices who disagree with her husband. She didn't threaten two justices the way Chuck Schumer did. She didn't drive off a bridge with somebody in her car who died the way Ted Kennedy did. Should I go down the list of the great and famous Democrat leftists? Right. She didn't bet a communist spy for communist China the way Swalwell did. Ooh. Swalwell, is he still around? Oh, yeah. His family, her family, didn't sell out to the communist Chinese like Diane Feinstein's family. Oh, yes. I did say that. Shall we go on? Biden. Accused of molesting a staffer. He's in the Oval Office now. Funny thing about Democrats. Kennedy. Lyndon Johnson. Those Democrats and their interns. Unbelievable. Shocking. But hey. Hey. It's the Democrat Party. And we could go on. But you know the stories. So they trash... They trashed Ginny Thomas, a woman. Did I say a woman? She's a woman. Married to a Supreme Court justice. They're also attacked. It's so grotesque for their interracial marriage. Have you heard that one, Mr. Producer? It's sick. Now, of course, Judge Jackson, who will be on the court soon, she's married to a white man. Does that bother media matters? I don't know. And of course, Justice Thurgood Marshall was married to an Asian woman, and we can go down that list too. But it's funny, isn't it? Democrats 
what fraud you are and hypocrites you are? So what? If she raised questions about the Arizona vote, so what? I'm glad she did. I'm glad she did. Even the Attorney General, who we just had on, did an investigation, wrote an entire memo, his staff did, on questions about the Arizona vote. Can you imagine that? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So notice the Washington Compost, headed by Fred Ryan, is obsessively attacking the only black justice on the Supreme Court and his wife. It's funny how they don't go after John Roberts. Isn't that funny? It's funny how they don't go after Sotosol Mayor or Elena Hagan. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? No, no. Can't do that. They, they target the only black justice on the Supreme Court. Historic appointee, the number two in the history of the Supreme Court, and the first by a Republican. Because the paper's obviously racist. Its CEO must be racist, too. He must sign off on these things. And the critics are obviously racist. Bigots. What else explains their obsession with Clarence and Ginny Thomas? Ooh, Ginny Thomas, we got a text leaked from that fantastic January 6th committee. Ooh, a communication to the chief. of said, ooh, look at this. She said, fight the election in Arizona. You can't do that. Why not? Because we say so. Only Democrats can challenge the legitimacy of a candidacy, of a presidency, of a Supreme Court. Here we have the entire Democrat Party mob. Top to bottom, threatening justices, threatening the court, and they barely blink an eye. And here's Ginny. 
suggesting they might want to challenge what's going on in Arizona. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. But you're allowed to do it constitutionally. Here's the entire Democrat Party Marxist mob. Abortion on demand, baby. Right to the end. That's right. Take that big syringe. Suck the brain out of the baby's head. Then squash the skull. Turn the body around. Feet first. Pull it out. And that's a choice. What? But Ginny Thomas, no, no, no. She wasn't sure about the election results. No, no. That's diabolical. That's evil. Russia collusion pushed by Hillary Rotten Clinton, and I guarantee you Barack Melhouse Benito Obama. Otherwise, he's sitting there in the Oval Office like Helen Keller, doesn't know what the hell's swirling around him. I don't believe it for two seconds. Not for two seconds. And same with Dumbo. Biden. Although I like Dumbo. Just dummy, Biden. Same thing. But Ginny Thomas, man, we're going to teach her a lesson. We got the January 6th committee with former federal prosecutors and two former U.S. attorneys, and they're going to give their transcripts to, to Meritless Garland, Meritless Garland, who still hasn't really protected the justices despite his big mouth comments, and goes after the parents, the most politically ridiculous attorney general in our modern history. Oh, got to get that Clarence Thomas. Great replacement theory, you see. They want to replace Clarence Thomas with some leftist replacement theory, if you will. I surely know this. I surely know this. That the New York Times ownership, its ancestry, owned slaves. I know Clarence Thomas's ancestry never owned slaves. They were slaves. Wow. Did you know that, ladies and gentlemen? It's true. It's true. The Washington Post is a really lousy rag. They don't even do liberal well. They went after Nixon over Watergate, but they participated in John Kennedy's leaks of internal revenue information against his political opponents. They covered up for Lyndon Johnson and his illegalities in the Oval Office. That's your Washington compost. If you don't get it, trust me, you will get it intellectually. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. 
800-529-3811. So, Nancy, may I call you Nancy? So, Nancy Baloney, I mean Pelosi, on the Fox Business Channel on Capitol Hill yesterday. Nancy, will you vote for a bill to protect the justices, Nancy? And I'll tell you why this is so relevant in so many ways. Cut three, go. So yesterday, nearly 50 members of Congress sent over a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi urging her to bring the Senate bill to the floor for a vote. And then when she was pressed by Fox Business on this, whether she was going to do that, Pelosi dodged the question. I think that any need for protection should relate to whatever threat that is there, and that's a judgment that is made by our law enforcement people. It passed unanimously. Do you have a plan to bring it up for a vote in the House? Care and protection depends on the threat, and that's up to the law enforcement. So the Senate passes unanimously a bill to increase protection of Supreme Court justices because, shockingly, they're not well protected. And Pelosi won't bring the vote, won't bring the bill to the floor of the House to vote on. She won't do it. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the radical justices who read things into the Constitution, they're not the ones being threatened. She disagrees with the draft opinion, so she doesn't mind that the justices are being threatened. And I've said now this for many days. She's been using rhetoric that can and I think will result in significant violence. I pray to God I'm wrong. But we know there are kooks out there, especially in the Democrat Party mob. She's not being condemned by the Democrat surrogates of Media Matters or Mediaite or any of these phony websites or the corrupt media. She's not being condemned. Now, why else is this relevant? Do you know why else, Mr. Producer? You know why else, Mr. Colescrenner? You know why else, America? Because she didn't protect the Capitol building on January 6th either. She took the same attitude, didn't she? This is her pattern and practice. She didn't muscle up the Capitol building, as far as we know, with more Capitol Police. As far as we know, she didn't ask the Metropolitan Police to significantly increase their presence. We know that she didn't accept an offer by the executive branch, President Trump and his people, for 10 to 20,000 National Guardsmen, so much for Trump leading an insurrection. It's, the whole thing is a scam. We want to know what the FBI told her in advance, since we know some very limited details about how the Norfolk office became aware of potential threats, how the NYPD became aware of potential threats, and apparently some memo or something was written to the director of the FBI, and it sat on his desk past January 6th. Apparently he didn't think it was a priority. Don't we want to get to the bottom of that? But her... Politicized passivity and hatred, real hatred for law enforcement. And her donning her her head to the radical leftists within her caucus uh, results in this kind of response. So I want to play it again. 
and you will notice that Benny Hill Thompson, the phony chairman of the phony committee, and Dizzy Lizzie Cheney, the phony Republican, and Adam Kingsinger, the mental patient, you'll notice none of them want to hear anything from Nancy Pelosi. They're utterly incurious. Let's play it again. Cut three. Go. So yesterday, nearly 50 members of Congress sent over a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi urging her to bring the Senate bill to the floor for a vote. And then when she was pressed by Fox Business on this, whether she was going to do that, Pelosi dodged the question. I think that uh, any need for protection should relate to whatever threat that is there, and that's a judgment that is made by our law enforcement people. It passed unanimously. Do you have a plan to bring it up for a vote in the House? Ah, there you go. So she will not bring the vote to the floor of the House, even though every Republican and every Democrat in the Senate voted for it. Even the craziest of bastards in the Senate voted for it. That's up to law enforcement. They're trying to provide a federal statute that requires federal law enforcement to protect these justices, and she will not bring the vote to the floor. And that's why what she failed to do prior to January 6th must be examined and very, very carefully. As long as she has in, uh, in the House here the, uh, the Stalinist Politburo protecting her, uh, that's not going to happen. Now, we just heard that Ilhan Omar got engaged, Mr. Producer. Did you see that? Oh, that's right. Not Ilhan Omar. She's married to her brother, right? Something like that? Ah, uh, so that wouldn't be proper to be married to somebody else in addition to your brother. I don't think that's legal in most states. But nonetheless, Ilhan Omar is from Minneapolis. Very well-run city, I might add. And uh, she wants to project all those values and policies and agendas onto the entire nation. And here's her genius. You know, it's funny. Good Morning America, the Today Show, the Sunday Show. They bring the most insane among the insane onto their programs, which tells me their ratings must really be hurting. Why would anybody bring on Good Morning America? And you notice how they they put their left-wing kook programs on in the middle of And now we're going to make pancakes. You ever see these shows, Mr. Producer? They move from these Marxists, hateful, anti-Semite, racists, and then they go, hey, have you ever had s'mores? Let's show you how we can do it. Anyway, uh, here's Representative Ilhan Omar on Good Morning America. Good Morning America 3? There's three of them? It's a spinoff of a spinoff spinoff? Keep at it, ABC. You're really cooking. Cut four. Go. What's your response or your reaction to seeing what Oklahoma did yesterday? Yeah, I mean, we, we knew it was coming. Um, Republicans are interested in controlling every aspect of a woman's life. Whoa, 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 and- whoa, 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 whoa. 
Did she use the word woman? If she were in kindergarten in Fairfax County Schools in Virginia or other school districts, she would be expelled. No more woman hear me roar stuff. It's just genitalia hear me roar if in fact I want to have a genitalia. And so you see how convoluted, schizophrenic, idiotic the left really are. So it's a woman when they want to say, well, it's a woman's body. Can you define a woman? No. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now I'm really perplexed. Schumer says, we represent 100 million women. Whoa, whoa, brother. What do you mean by women? Well, I don't know. It could be women. What between your ears? I don't know. You think you're a woman? But they violate this all the time. All the time. 58 or 54 varieties of sex or sex acts. And that's Facebook. That's Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, I was going to comment on him, but I better not. In any event, they want to control every aspect of a woman's life. Yeah, that's what Republicans really want to do. You Republican women, is that what you think? If you're opposed to what the Democrats are doing, you want to control every aspect of a woman's life. You know what's funny? The Democrats don't want a baby's life. They don't want a baby's life. Now think about this. If a baby's brought to full term and there's birth, is it a baby? Yes. If a baby's brought to full term, but then is aborted, is it a baby? No, it's a woman's body. Wait a minute. So if Republicans point out the homicidal mindset and the science, you want to control a woman's life, don't you? Uh, no. But there is a baby. No, there's not. Not unless we say so. And it's only a woman if we say so. Otherwise, it's not a woman. And then they're going on. It's so sick. They're going on about how men can give birth. No, men can't give birth. It's impossible. The science tells us it's impossible. The science. Go ahead. And let it stand. Abortion um, is health care. No, abortion is not health care. In the case where it actually is, the mother's life, everybody understands that. And it's certainly not health care for the baby, it's death care. So let's stop playing games. The American people are too smart for this. And we don't need lectures from Ilion Omar about health care, abortion, life, and so forth. She's a Marxist nutjob who would be thrilled if this country dissolved. Go ahead. Reductive rights need to be protected. Reproductive and- rights do need to be protected. That's not what you're talking about. You're not talking about reproducing. Why do, this is the thing. If you're, in, if you're an abortionist, what are you talking about reproductive rights? You're not into reproduction. Right? 
reproductive rights. The language. Take the language back, America. It's not reproductive rights. A horrendously painful death for your baby is not a reproduction of anything. Reproductive rights. You know, they want to control every aspect of a woman's life. What's a woman? I can't define it. We have a Supreme Court justice, soon to be on the Supreme Court, who can't define it. Wow. But they will protect it. Go ahead. Believe that the women of this country and everyone who stands ah, Shut with up, it. you idiot. Now we have AOC or Ayach. Now, where was I? She's engaged to get married to some big slug out of Arizona. Do you see this guy, Mr. Producer? To some big slug out of Arizona. I wish him well. He's going to need it. And everybody is so happy for her celebrating. Why does anybody give a damn? Is somebody else engaged on Capitol Hill? Who cares? Ooh, she's engaged. And furthermore, she's engaged to a guy. Is she engaged to a, a man? Are we now identifying men by their genitalia? Do we know he's a man or is he a woman? Or is he both? Or as Michelle Obama say, is he a womex? Because, you know, the word woman includes the word man, and we can't have that. She just came up with that. There she was first lady for eight years. She never said a word about it. All of a sudden, she's hip. Oh, she's hip. Same with the dummy husband of hers. Cut six, go. The Supreme Court has long been radicalized and and you have basically a, several people uh, that have lied <laughs> I don't know if we're able I don't know if uh, I mean it certainly feels like is she a uh, happy hour there what is she doing yeah I don't know yeah I don't know there we go constitutional expert ALZ oh yeah she knows man I'll tell you what she's unbelievable Fascinating. She just got engaged. Did you know that? To a, well, an it. The big slug. That's what I'll call him. An it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And you know what else? The Supreme Court's been radicalized. Why? Because the Supreme Court believes it doesn't have a role in making a decision where the Constitution doesn't give it one. Why doesn't somebody ask, yeah. Do you even believe in the Constitution? You know, all those white guys and everything else? I don't blame her for not coming on this show. I really don't. Cut seven, please go. No person, no man, no person. Can Wait a minute. Take- Wait a minute. She said man. She needs to be expelled from the House of Representatives. Or go to kindergarten in Fairfax County sources. We do not identify people this way. Ayah. Go ahead. Your body can ethically take your body. Well, 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 you believed in mandating vaccines and mandating masks, don't you? 
That's your body. And as for the man, you had no problem with men like Harry Blackman writing the Roe versus Wade opinion. He was a man. And may I say, he was white. He was a white man. Wow. So I agree with you. White man, Harry Blackman, should never have written Roe versus Wade. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the question has arise. In the Levin household, by the missus, if a woman has absolute control over her body, Mr. Producer, what about a female baby in the womb? Does she have absolute control over her body, too? What about that? You see, folks, the arguments that the Aachs and other low IQ reprobates make, are nonsensical. They fly in the face of science. They fly in the face of good judgment and wisdom. They fly in the face of logic. They don't even make any sense. Because you have to, you, you have to put aside everything you know to support their positions. Whether it's the border whether it's babies and abortion, whether it's spending, whether it's baby formula. I mean, you basically have to be a moron to support these people or to be these people. I'll be right back. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. 
or choose unlimited data and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. Well, um, one more. Ayach was on a real uh, tear today, and she wants you to know something. Cut nine, Mr. Producer, go. If you're like me, and you come up uh, in a family or a background uh, where these issues weren't really predominant. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that complicated. And a lot of times people try to make it seem like you don't understand what's going on, or they try to make it seem as though, you know, believing that Palestinians are human beings that deserve human rights is like somehow inherently anti-Semitic. It's not. And it's insulting. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You insulted? You're just such a butterfly. I'm sorry. Nobody's saying Palestinians aren't human beings. It's people who are saying the Jews in Israel aren't human beings. And so your moral relativism is disgusting. Little Jewish kids aren't taught to hate and to kill little Arab kids, let alone Palestinian kids who are Arab kids. And yet Palestinian kids are. It's all over the internet. Ayach. May I call you Ayach? As I try and get the gutter sound out of my throat. No. And how about your buddy Talib? Who wants to wipe Israel off the face of the earth? Does that concern you, Ayach? In any way? No, it doesn't really. She's one of your chums. Same with, what's her name, Presley and Baker. And all the others in the Jew-hating gang. May I say that? I think I will. They deserve human rights too, she says. Is that why Hamas shoots missiles into Israeli civilian areas? Is that why Hamas kills its own people if they step out of line? Oh, and doesn't have any elections? Is that why Abbas grew up as a terrorist and kills his fellow Palestinians if they dare to show any kindness toward the Jews in Israel or dare to sell them any property? What do you say about that, AOH? Hmm? Now, there are Arab parties, including Palestinians who are members of the Knesset in Israel. How many Jews are a member of any governing body in the Gaza Strip or in the so-called Palestinian territories? Hmm? Now, Christians who want to go to Bethlehem. Bethlehem's important to Christians, isn't it, Mr. Producer? What happened in Bethlehem? Does anybody know? Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener? Who was born in Bethlehem? That's correct. Baby Jesus. 
It's now 65% Palestinian. Christians go to Bethlehem and they risk their lives going to Bethlehem. How about that? What about that? And we can go on and on and on. For instance, Ayach, the Palestinian top muckety-muck during World War II was an active ally of Adolf Hitler's and offered Hitler Palestinian militia to slaughter the Jews in the Middle East and North Africa. What do you think of that? How come you never talk about that? You and your party. You and MSNBC. You and CNN, the rest of it. Hmm? So this isn't about treating Palestinians like human beings. You're insulting. And you're an anti-Semite. As most Marxists are. Most people who hate America hate Israel. And vice versa. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. And the left-wing media in this country, they know it, but they pretend they don't. They pretend they don't. You see, the neo-Nazis and the Klansmen hate America. They hate the Constitution every bit as much as the American Marxist does. So they have an overlap. They have an overlap. And they hate many of the same people. The Marxists hate the Jews, the neo-Nazis, and the Klansmen hate the Jews. And others as well. You know, in Cuba, uh, after the revolution, the Castros, Che Guevara, they discriminated against the black Cubans. Oh yes, white Cubans. Olive-skinned Cubans, black Cubans. Particularly Che, whose t-shirt so many of our millennials and colleges and universities like to sport. Because he was so cool, you know. Mass murder. But he hated the black Cubans. Might have called him a racist. Hated them. Looked down on them. Just like Margaret Sanger, the founder and the former president of Planned Parenthood. Radical leftist, embraced by the Democrat Party, spoke at Klan meetings, and hated black people. Believed in eugenics. Getting rid of black people and other minorities and the handicapped. Planned Parenthood. Remarkable. And then, of course, we have the Democrat Party. Was the party of slavery? Was the party of segregation? We can't talk about that because that would, of course, point a finger at the New York Times ownership and the Washington Post ownership. We can't have that. No. We can't be honest about our history. You know, they talk about critical race theory. We got to be honest about racism. We got to really teach it. Then teach it. Teach us about the Democrat Party. Teach us about slavery and who promoted it. Teach us about segregation and who promoted it. Teach us about Jim Crow. Teach us about literacy tests and poll taxes. Teach us about who promoted it. 
Democrats. Every damn one of these issues was promoted by a Democrat. Teach it. Teach who it was who led the union in the Civil War. Teach it. Why the Republican Party was founded. Teach it. I'm all for it. Teach it. But they won't. They just teach Marxism. Dressed up as race or dressed up as climate change or dressed up as transgenderism or whatever else it is. You want to teach real history? Teach it. I've got no problem with that. Real history. More and more we're a Democrat Party dominated society. And you see what that brings. Impoverishment. Anger. Violence. Destruction. A Democrat Party dominated society. The United States of the Democrat Party. That's what we have right now. That's what we have right now. It's really quite unbelievable. Even when they don't win elections, they control with their media, with their indoctrination in our universities, with their unions, the teacher unions that are destroying public education and doing it quickly, with their bureaucrats, with their radical judges. You see, here's the thing. We constitutional conservatives... We really believe in liberty and limited power and checks and balances and all these things. So while we're trying to promote them and defend them and advance them, the totalitarians on the left are destroying them. It's much easier to destroy liberty than to give it birth. It's much easier to destroy capitalism than to give it birth. It's much easier to destroy a country than to establish a country. It's much easier to destroy a republic than establish a republic. This is what I mean when I say they use liberty to destroy liberty. They use the Constitution to destroy the Constitution. And when I say they're very Trotsky-like with this permanent so-called Revolution, or what I call their permanent counter-revolution. It never ends. And it never will end. Because the promised land is no promised land. Not their promised land. Because all their talk about equity, they're totalitarians. They don't believe in equity. They don't believe in equality. They believe in power and control. And conformity. In other words, they believe in inhumanity. It's a weekend of Mark Levin. I'll be on Bongino's Saturday night show. And by the way, Dan is the greatest guy. He's the nicest guy. And he's, he has served this country in multiple capacities, and he is now. He's a really dear, dear friend, as is his wife. So don't miss me on Bongino's show on Saturday night, 9 p.m., right, Mr. Producer? 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And don't miss my show, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 
If you can't watch it live, folks, that's what the DVR is for. Set it right now. Two great guests, Brent Bozell and Leo Terrell. See, they even, they even rhyme. Bozell and Terrell, Mr. Badu. It's like a law firm. Or two defendants. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. By the way, we have a guest next hour, Stephen Miller. You're not going to believe... You know, I, I, I hate to be a wet blanket all the time, but if I don't alert you, then you're not going to know. You're not going to believe what Biden's doing now, how he wants to attack American sovereignty and grant the WHO power over our health care decisions. You won't believe this? Now, the former head of the, the head of the WHO is the former head of the Ethiopian Health Service, and he's a communist. No wonder he gets along with Xi. But, you know, Congress needs to wake up and fight this. The, the framers of the Constitution assumed that members of Congress would jealously guard their power. And so if you had an individual in the Oval Office who was going to exercise unconstitutional authority and basically enter into these side treaties, that's what they are and commit the entirety of the American people to a particular foreign position, that it would have to go to the United States Senate at that time. They envisioned it being represented by the state legislatures. And you need a super-duper majority of those present, not of the members, of those present, to get a treaty passed. We don't do that anymore. When's the last time we actually had a vote on a treaty? Cutting deals with Iran. Shouldn't that be a treaty? Yes. But the Republicans helped pave the way for a non-treaty deal with Iran. And then when Obama did what they knew he would do, then they jump up and down, vote against it, and complain about it. I'm tired of these two-faced repubes. But now we have this situation. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? On the Mark Levin app, Patrick in Massachusetts. How are you, sir? Speaker, forever hold yourself. Hey, Mark. How are you today? All right. Thank you, sir. Um, I, just, I wanted to comment on your former segment when the uh, the pro 
choice people are talking. They always talk about um, reproductive rights. Well, they're not for pro-choice for everybody, of course. Uh, The baby has no choice. But anyway, go right ahead, sir. But how about reproductive responsibility? Hmm. How about it? That's what we should be pushing is reproductive responsibility between two people who engage in that kind of activity that produces something. We always talk about drink responsible, don't drink and drive. Well, how about don't engage in... Well, you're quite right, aren't you? It's a, it's yeah. a great point. But, sir, you're not allowed to say responsibility because saying responsibility, uh, only Klansmen use that word. Did you know that, sir? Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And if you're that. pro-life, you're obviously a neo-Nazi. Sir, get used to it. I'm trying to explain how the language works here. Our friend in Massachusetts, thank you for your call, my friend, and I mean that. And ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, America, Joe Biden is uniting America against him. That's not such a bad thing, I suppose. Henry Olson, writing in the Washington Compost, is a headline, Democrats beware the primaries foretell a spike in GOP turnout. Most of the discussion so far about Tuesday's primary elections has focused on the ongoing battles between factions within the two parties. But there's a bigger story that pundits are missing. Strong turnout in Republican primaries portends an excellent year for the GOP. Now, I'm going to read this in part. But we cannot, we cannot sit and just assume we're going to win. We've all got to be Tom Paines. We all have to be activists. And we got to get out as many people as we can to vote. We have to crush the other side in order to account for their fraud. The pro-GOP pattern is unmistakable. Turnout among Republicans in the 10 states that have held primaries so far is up substantially from the last comparable election year, either 2018 or earlier, depending on the state. Meanwhile, turnout in Democratic contests is down in five of those states and up only marginally in most of the others. In total, according to data compiled by political consultant John Covillian, yellow, GOP turnout is up 32% so far, while Democrat turnout is down 3%. Now we're talking. But don't worry, the Democrats will say it's voter suppression. Now they have an answer for everything. Now they're full of crap, but they have an answer for everything. Or maybe they'll say it's Putin. I'm not sure. Some might argue this simply reflects that the Republican side has more interesting primaries, but that doesn't hold up under scrutiny. In Texas, for example, the Republican contest for governor wasn't any more gripping than the Democratic primary. Both parties had, not, had hot congressional primaries. Yet Democratic turnout was up by only 33,000 from 2018, while Republican turnout soared by 404,000. 
Neither party had a contested statewide primary in Indiana, yet Democratic turnout was down while GOP turnout was up by about 15%. Partisan registration statistics in these states have also been moving in the Republican direction. Registered North Carolina Democrats outnumbered Republicans by more than 570,000 on the eve of 2018 primaries. Today, they lead by less than 300,000. Kentucky Democrats had a 10% lead in registered voters when Donald Trump took office. Today, their lead is down to under one point. Republicans have added nearly 450,000 registered voters in Pennsylvania since 2014. Democrats have lost nearly 90,000. The primary turnout numbers merely confirm what data have been foreshadowing for years. Data on partisan identification from many polls also show a trend favoring the GOP. Now, let's stop a second. Part of this is due to Biden's disastrous presidency. But part of it is also due to Donald Trump pulling Democrats, particularly blue-collar Democrats, working-class Democrats, into the GOP fold. They will never give this man credit. But Donald Trump has built the Republican Party into something bigger than it was under either of the Bushes. That's a fact. Regardless of what the Cape May Orca Chris Christie has to say, regardless of lefty Larry Hogan has to say, it's true. Data on partisan identification for many polls also show a trend favoring the GOP. Gallup's end-of-year poll made headlines when it found a big shift toward Republicans during 2021. Other polls have shown a significant, if less pronounced, shift in partisan voter ID since President Biden took office. The weekly Politico Morning Consult poll, for example, had a 43-30 Democrat-Republican split in late January 2021. The most recent poll had only a 37-35 Democrat advantage. The Monmouth poll has moved from a nine-point Democrat advantage right after Biden's inauguration to a three-point Republican lead in its most recent survey. One can quibble with the precise magnitude of the change, but the direction is clearly toward the GOP. It should be surprising that more people vote in Republican primaries when an increasing number of people identify and register as Republicans. The primary turnout data are lagging indicators of what is plainly in front of our noses. Despite what many talking heads want to believe, the average voter right now sees the GOP as a legitimate expression of their ideals. Hello! And that's not McConnell, any other marble mouth losers. It's we, the conservatives, the constitutionalists. Republicans shouldn't get cocky. I agree 100% with that. Many of the people who are turning to them now were happy to back Democrats a short time ago. Biden intends to make the GOP the focus of this year's campaign cycle to win back these wavering voters. This type of effort often falls short in midterms as voters want to register their views on the person in the White House. But Ronald Reagan's success in holding GOP congressional losses down when his job approval ratings were near their nadir in November 1982, shows such an approach can have an impact. No, 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 no. 
that's where you get off the rails. Joe Biden's no Ronald Reagan. He's not even a Ronald McDonald. Time can only tell what will happen. In the meantime, the sharp hike in Republican primary turnout reinforces other data. Showing the party is on the rise if this trend continues as the rest of the country votes in primaries expect a banner year for the GOP. Our problem is the likes of Mitch McConnell. That's our problem, to be perfectly honest with you. And then we have this. President Biden's approval rating, Fox News, among Hispanic voters has plummeted to 26%, according to a Wednesday poll from Quinnipiac University. Biden is less popular among Hispanics than any other demographic, including age and gender, the poll found. This is excellent. Now, the Hispanic American voter, well, the Hispanic American population is the largest minority population in the United States. Uh, the same Quinnipiac poll conducted last year put Hispanic support for Biden at 55%. And I, I think a lot of Hispanics have had it with the Black Lives Matter stuff. I think they've had it with people like Joy Reid and Joe Scarborough. Mika! Mika! I think they've had it with all of them. And these are hardworking, gritty people who've come into this country in many cases fairly recently. And they're having to pay these completely outrageous gasoline prices and food prices. Biden has been consistently hitting new lows in the polls for a nearly a year. Young Americans and white men also have low approvals for Biden at 27 and 29 percent, respectively. President's highest approval ratings are among Americans older than 65 and black Americans at 45 and 63 percent, respectively. And black Americans are the only demographic in which Biden has a positive approval rating, according to the poll. And, of course, uh, Biden has faced criticism for handling everything because he's a buffoon. And let's see if there's anything else that draws attention. Well, there's other things, but we have a uh, excellent guest coming up who is going to warn us about something very terrible that is happening. And so I want to leave time for uh, Stephen Miller. So we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Stephen Miller is the head muckety-muck of a group called America First Legal, which is doing fantastic work. And I'm proud to say my wife works with the organization as well. Stephen Miller, it's a pleasure to have you. We only have your limited time. What the hell is Biden doing with the World Health Organization to our sovereignty, sir? Thank you. Truly an honor to be back on your August show, as always. So the Biden administration is in the process right now of sending amendments to the WHO, the World Health Organization, and the rules that govern its administration to submit the United States to WHO governance in response to any future Hmm. pandemic or public health emergency. So in other words, the Biden administration's big takeaway from COVID over these last two years is that there was insufficient top-down direction 
from international bodies. So they are willingly going to the World Health Organization and saying, we want you to be in charge of making healthcare decisions for member organizations, including the United States, anytime you declare a state of pandemic or public health emergency. So the WHO would contact HHS, would contact CDC, would contact FDA, and say, there's a public health emergency, and here's what all the member states and member nations are going to do. And so we would be at the mercy of third-rate foreign bureaucrats for the survival of our basic foundational civil liberties. That's what this is a major attack on our liberty and our system of representative government then by conferring, by granting a foreign entity sovereign control over significant health care decisions in our own country. We would have to abide by what they say and we would have no recourse as citizens with anything or anyone. Isn't this a direct conflict with our constitutional system? Yes, it, it renders the treaty clause null and void. As you know, as one of our nation's foremost constitutional scholars, the founders wanted to make it exceptionally difficult to enter into binding agreements, which is why there's such a high vote threshold for a treaty. Although I would suggest to you that because of the nature of this agreement, it, uh, it's not something that would be constitutional for 45 other reasons that we could go through, you know, due process and unreasonable search and seizure and all the different kinds of ways that they're going to be invading the lives of private citizens uh, as a result of this agreement in a future real or imagined public health emergency. But at the most basic level, it does violate the treaty clause of the Constitution as, as the most effective, simplest argument in a court of law. And so that's the reason why my organization has said to the Biden administration, if you try to do one thing under this agreement here in the United States uh, to treat this in any way, shape or form as having the force and effect of law, we're taking you straight to court. And we're also calling and phoning state attorney generals uh, to tell them to make the exact same threat and to follow through on the exact same pledge. And then meanwhile, Congress can't do it now but can certainly do it in 23, in the very first appropriations bill, they need to have a line in there that says none of the funds in this act can be used to implement this agreement. And so any, any federal worker that does that would then be in criminal violation of federal law. When you look at this administration, Stephen Miller, and you look at how they want to grant not just a foreign entity, but a hostile foreign entity, quite frankly, controlled by the communist Chinese. Yeah, they want to grant them decisions about our health in the worst of conditions, a pandemic, where the people of the United States have no say, where something you're the top expert on. We have a wide open border with people pouring in from all walks of life, with all kinds of backgrounds from all corners of the world. They are purposely, this administration, destroying American sovereignty every way they can, aren't they? It is by design, it is planned, it is intentional, it is willful, because what they hate the most is us, all of us, the voters, the people of this country. I mean, to, to, take, an, to take another point that illustrates this very vividly, look at the fight over Roe v. Wade. The, the whole fight over Roe v. Wade is about whether or not citizens have the right to legislate protections for children. They hate the concept of democratic governance. They loathe the idea that the people that listen to your show, 
they'll watch you on Fox News, the great majority of people in this country would be able to govern themselves. So the quickest way to eliminate that obstacle is to say, we're not going to pass laws, we're not going to pass treaties, we're certainly not going to be responsive to American elections. We're going to let third-rate fascists and bullies in foreign countries, including China, tell us what we're going to do in our health agencies. We won't even tell you about it. We'll just pick up the phone, we'll call them, we'll take our marching orders, and by the time you find out what's happened to you, it's probably too late. So American First Legal is doing everything legally and administratively possible to try and call the alarm on this and try and prevent this. Do we have any people in the House or the Senate who are willing to take the lead on this? I suspect there will be a lot. I think that with this interview, with the press release that we put out today, I think that people are going to be calling their reps, and I think they will get a very receptive audience. Let's put it this way. The members of Congress that you and I like, Mark, once they find out about this, I think they'll be very receptive to my plan of saying that very first appropriations bill has to defund this agreement, and that is a fight that I think we can easily take to the American people and win. How did you guys figure this out? At American First Legal, was it through FOIAs or just what was the mechanism in which you learned well, about the extent of this? they're doing this very, very, very quietly. And I give great credit to the grassroots community who unearthed a lot of the documents, a lot of the amendments, a lot of the materials. They sent them to us. We begin connecting all the dots. We have launched FOIA requests, and we're getting more and more pieces of this puzzle together. But it was really a, um, an alarm bell that started by people, everyday patriots, who reached out to our organization and said, this is going on. And we looked at it and we said, dear Lord, this is worse than we could have possibly imagined. And that's when we started getting a legal plan of action together. And that's when we started reaching out as well to the states, because the attorneys general will also have a considerable ability to fight any unlawful edicts in our course of law. And the problem, Stephen Miller, at least one of the big problems, is if they get away with this, they're going to do it over and over again, aren't they? Send our sovereignty overseas. Yes, I mean, they want to have the International Criminal Court to be able to extradite and prosecute and jail American citizens. Of course, they'll all be, they'll all be conservative and Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had their way. Everyone who ever worked at Guantanamo Bay could be shipped off to The Hague and put behind bars. Uh, obviously, we know about the Paris Climate Accord. If it was, if President Trump hadn't come into office, um, by now there would already been a fully implemented compliance regime with the with the Paris Climate Accord. I was personally involved in the Trump administration in killing an agreement known as the Global Compact on Migration uh, that um, the UN was trying to uh, rope the United States into. That would have been what we're talking about now, but for immigration. So. This has always been the dream of the deep state and the American left to send our sovereignty away to foreign bureaucrats so they don't have to deal with the nettlesome voters here in America. All right. If, pe- if people want to help quickly, American, American First Legal, Legal, what do they do? AFLegal.org. 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 Stephen Miller, we thank you. Keep up the fight, sir. Thank you. All right. God bless. Well, there you heard it. This administration is utterly and completely untrustworthy. Just a disgrace. We'll be right back. 
Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. America's most powerful conservative voice, The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. There's so much to discuss, and I'm never in a rush because I think things need to be discussed in a rational way where I can add some insight, some history, economics, whatever I want to do it. So we should expand this program to four hours, Mr. Producer. Especially in New York, I think. Don't you? Just another hour, four-hour show. What is three hours magic or something? I don't think so. We talked about this trial in Washington, D.C., where Hillary Rotten Clinton's name came up. The invisible hand behind the scam of Russia collusion. She gave the go-ahead. Like a, like a Joanne Gotti, may I say? Like a mobster. She knew it was a lie, this Russian bank with ties to the Trump campaign. No such thing ever happened. But she gave the go-ahead, even though she knew it was a lie. And then she starts tweeting out later. News stories that her people planted at her direction. And of course, Obama, who I believe was behind it, as well. His entire administration was behind it. How would he not know? And how would Dummy not know? His vice president, Joe Robinette Biden Jr. of Scranton, Pennsylvania, for about three minutes. But there's more to this trial. Sussman judge rejects prosecutors' protests after juror reveals tie to defendant. U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper, appointed by Obama, Denied a request by special counsel John Durham's team of prosecutors to remove a juror whose daughter competes on the same high school sports team as Sussman's. What? A woman identified as juror number five told Judge Cooper on Thursday that she recently discovered that her daughter competes with cybersecurity attorney Michael Sussman's daughter on their high school crew team. The juror said she was unaware of the connection when she was filling out her jury questionnaire last week and that the two girls separated by a three-year age gap are not close, according to the Washington Times. The juror said she'd never met Sussman or his wife 
and thought she could be an impartial juror despite the connection. The judge, did I mention an Obama appointee, agreed, voicing disappointment the issue couldn't have been brought to light earlier, but saying that the juror's willingness to come forward after finding out herself spoke to seriousness, which she approached her duty as a juror, or she didn't want to get caught. Didn't this judge see any backup jurors? There's no reason for this woman to remain as a juror. Did I mention this judge was an Obama appointee? Cooper overruled protests from the prosecution. Dorham's team moved to have the juror dismissed, arguing they would not have agreed to seat her had they known of the connection. Sussman's defense team argued she should stay. Well, imagine that. Only takes one juror to help them. The connection is not so close that it affects her impartiality, said Judge Cooper. Did I mention he was appointed by Obama? She didn't know the connection, unfortunately, when she filled out the questionnaire. But she knows it now, genius. I mean, your honor. As a senior, her daughter's probably out of there anyway, he added. Well, good for you, Judge. Let's hope your neck isn't on the line in some trial. And uh, the judge in that case isn't so uh, dismissive. The juror will eventually have to decide whether Sussman made a false statement to then-FBI General Counsel James Baker during a 2016 meeting. George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley, who served as an expert witness during former President Trump's impeachment and former Clinton's impeachment, said Cooper's decision is the latest in a host of court rulings that have set a more favorable field for the defendant. He's absolutely 100% right. You know, I like Turley. I don't know him. I've never talked to him in my life. But the guy is smart, and he's a straight shooter. The judge in the Sussman trial just delivered another blow to the prosecution and refusing to remove a juror due to a connection to the defendant's daughter, Turley tweeted. So one of the jurors will be allowed to vote on whether to send the father of her daughter's teammate to prison. So she's joining three Clinton donors on the jury, three Clinton donors on the jury, including one who could only promise to strive for impartiality as best I can, quote unquote. Hello, hello. This is how it works in the old Soviet Union and in Washington, D.C. Judge Cooper has ties to the Trump-Russia collusion figures and leading Democrats going back decades. His 1999 marriage to his wife was officiated by sitting Attorney General Merrick Garland. Former President Barack Milhouse Obama appointed Cooper to his district court seat in 2014 after unanimous approval by the Senate. Cooper said he was, quote, professional acquaintances, unquote, with Sussman decades ago when both worked at the Justice Department in the 1990s. Ready for this? Judge Cooper's wife has served as an attorney for former FBI lawyer Lisa Page, a key figure in the FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation into the Trump campaign since 2018. You know, this all smells like crap to me. This judge should have recused himself voluntarily. There's four jurors who shouldn't have been sat on this jury, including three of whom are donors to the Clinton campaign. And one of whom's daughter competes with the daughter of the defendant. This is this a joke? Now, Dorham's team, they write, did not ask for Cooper to recuse himself. No, he should have done it on his own. He shouldn't even have to be asked. 
under the rules, a lawyer, let alone a judge, is supposed to ensure that there isn't even an appearance of a conflict. Hello, an appearance of a conflict, not just an actual conflict. How does this appear to you, ladies and gentlemen? Sussman is on trial for allegedly lying to the FBI about his reasons for presenting debunked evidence of Trump-Russia collusion to then-FBI General Counsel James Baker in 2016. You know, this is very much an open-and-shut case, despite what legal analysts are saying. And how do I know that? Because Sussman, at the so-called law firm of Perkins Coie, he charged the Clinton campaign for his time when he met with Baker. That's it. Case closed. You're either charged with fraud and disbarred, or you're charged with lying to the FBI. I don't see how you escape it. But again, we have a jury now, and look, there's always that chance. There's always that chance the damn thing might work out, and if it does, great. But the way this is supposed to work is if a judge has an appearance of a conflict, he's to recuse. He doesn't need to be asked. If jurors have a real conflict, like having supported Hillary Clinton and donated to that campaign, and this guy was one of the senior lawyers to the campaign, they should be off. And then this juror says, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, I just learned my daughter and the, uh, and the defendant's daughter are on the same uh, crew team. Judge says, well, one's a senior, it's over already, and she came forward. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Good Lord. And these cases are tried in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., where 92% of the voters voted for Hillary Clinton. Or was it Joe Biden, or does it matter? 92%. 92%. So what kind of a case is this? The courtroom is stacked from the judge to the jury. In my humble opinion, calling it as I see it, this judge should have recused on his own. Should have said, I can't take this case. There's an appearance of a conflict, multiple appearances of conflict. Didn't do it. We got three jurors who contributed to the Clinton campaign. That's shocking. It's shocking. And another one's, uh, you know, I just, I just remembered, I just found out. My daughter knows the uh, defendant's daughter, you know. They're not best friends, but don't worry. And the judge himself worked with Sussman at the Department of Justice some time ago. That's enough. That's more than an appearance of conflict. I'll be right back. Mark in. By the way, folks, this weekend I want you to enjoy yourselves. You know, re-energize your engines. Spend time with your family. Because come Monday, we're going to kick ass again, okay? And part of this includes watching Bongino's show, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday. Not just because I'm a guest on there, because it's a great show. 
And then Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, if you can't watch it live, I hope you'll set your DVR right now and take a watch, take a look. And in uh, that way, that's how you cap off your weekend. With, I think, a vigorous, pro-American, patriotic show like Life, Liberty, and Levin. Do I need to go, Mr. Producer? Are we okay? Well, controversial BLM co-founder doled out $8 million of the group's money for Canadian Mansion, financial records show in the Washington Examiner. I'm waiting to hear from our buddy LeBron James. I'm waiting to hear from de Blasio. De Camio wants to go to Congress, ladies and gentlemen. He did such a great job for New York City. He wants to crap all over the country. All right, here we go. America, in honor of each of you. Let's go.
folks, the week is officially over. The weekend begins now. Please don't forget Life, Liberty, and Levin Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can DVR it right now and tape it if you can't watch it live. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, you truckers, God bless you, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. We haven't forgotten you in the least. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. Good night, Indy. Good night, my little Barney. And I will see you on Levin TV Sunday. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo.